Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. Hi, y'all. So this week, I decided that I did want to do another little episode to chat about more school stuff, more mom stuff, and also like some important conversations to have with your kids before school. And some of my worries and concerns sending my little preschooler off for the first time. So let's get into that. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. So first, I just want to like talk about life for a minute, and then we'll get into all the other stuff. So I have been obviously working on getting Mia ready for school, really focusing on the potty training. Luckily, her school is really flexible with that. And also just the routine of we're waking up at 745. You're going to go sit on the potty. You're going to brush your teeth. We're going to go downstairs and have breakfast. We're going to wash our face. Then we're going to get dressed and you can hang out until it's time to go to school. Simple routine. At nine o'clock, we're getting in the car, going to school. I feel like I have to get her up at 7.45 because she's like kind of slow to wake up like her dad. And so I know if I get her up at eight, we'll never make it out the door by nine. So that extra 15 minutes is a wake up. But um, I've been talking a lot about mommy burnout and like a lot about feeling overlooked and underappreciated and um overall just like I don't know like it's been like a weird past couple of weeks and there's so much going on in the news and in the world and I have responsibilities outside of this like I work for you know the job that I do and then I also do some different things with some different companies but I have been so stressed about life. I feel like mentally just burnt out. Elliot is still kind of going through this clingy phase. In fact, yesterday, I don't know what's wrong with him. We went out to the pool, my aunt's pool. We were hanging out, swimming, barbecued. He comes home. He's like nursing to go to bed. We showered, did all the things. He starts throwing up everywhere, like throwing up milk, throwing up barbecue food, clean it up. And now I'm stressed because... I know you're not supposed to like nurse your baby to sleep, but hello, I do what I want. And so that's what we do. And so he was fighting me to nurse again after he had thrown up. Like I, I waited a little bit, gave him a little bit of water. His stomach still felt kind of like tight and full. So I didn't want to like keep feeding him. And I was like, look, if you get hungry in the middle of the night, you will wake up and you can nurse then. But right now you're just going to bed. But because he's used to nursing to sleep, I had to actually like get on the yoga ball like I used to do when he was colicky and like rock him to sleep. And that's not normally how I get him down. Usually like I turn on the lullabies, we climb into bed, we cuddle, he nurses, goes to sleep. La-di-da-di-do. But last night, he first of all just was throwing up everywhere. Mia had uh, peed in the bed. It was just like a crazy night. And I was like, hmm, parenthood's fun. And then, so that's all going on. And so then I was just like so burnt out from 
being up all night for like, it feels like weeks with the baby. And I have a good husband. Like luckily over the weekend, he was like both on Saturday and on Sunday, I guess him knowing like he was going to be off the whole next week was like, Hey, it was like seven o'clock. Elliot woke up. He was like, go back to bed. I'll take the baby. And he did that both days. And so it was nice. Um, except for on Sunday, Mia woke up, wanted to get in bed with me because Ethan, Ethan was downstairs and she wanted to sleep with somebody. And so I was like, great, you can't just go lay back in your bed like you normally do. Cause normally Ethan will lay back in her bed with her and it'll be like kind of nice, like space, but, um, yeah, that didn't happen. And so, um, it's just been a lot. I'm not even going to lie. And then on top of that, I'm over here trying to plan work schedule, school schedule. And I was just feeling completely and honestly still am feeling like a little overwhelmed, but you know, I have a new planner and so I'm tackling the tasks. And honestly, I don't know if you guys do this, but I live by my planner. I also have a wall calendar, which has like general information on there, like the first day of school, dentist appointments. But my day planner, my physical little planner, has like all of the things for each day. Like this is what we're doing. This is what needs to be done. This is what we're eating so that I don't have to think about it. And um, the other day, I took some time in my downtime. Um, Ethan had taken the babies off my hands for a little bit. And I was like, let me just lay out my week in my planner. Because if I don't, I'll be running around super chaotic for the rest of the week. And I don't know if you guys do this. This is what I was going to say is that at the beginning of the school year, I buy a new planner, even though for the past, however many years I haven't been in school, I buy it because a lot of planners. Okay. So you can get a planner for, so for instance, the planner that I had before I bought this planner is from like January, 2021 to December of 2022 or November or something like that. Like the planners are broken up weirdly, but there's also planners that start in like August of that year and go to like, when does this one go? So this one started actually in July and goes to next July. And I think they're more like academic based planners. Although this one's not an academic planner. It's just a regular, it has like, it's like a goal one. It has like think like to-do lists and bucket lists and goals and stuff. Um, but it's my favorite type of planner. I've tried a bunch of planners, y'all. And honestly, the most simple, basic one is my favorite. I like to use, what's this brand? Bloom Daily Planners. And, and I've used like um, the Happy Planner where you can like make your own and buy one. I've used like bigger planners and smaller planners. This one I think is a little on the smaller side, but not tiny. Um, and I like that because it's easy to throw in a bag. And it has more than enough space for me to put down what I'm doing each day of the week. And then I do have a more detailed weekly planner and things. Um, but for the most part, I have written my schedule out, you know, Monday through, through Friday, um, with what needs to get done every day. And that doesn't change on a weekly basis. So like I have podcast on Monday, I have, you know, whatever else I have to do work out on this day. And so that doesn't change. So I don't feel the need to like put all those details in my planner. What what needs to go in my planner is like, what are we having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and all of that. So as school begins, it's just become important for me to get my planner together and just write in there like important dates with teachers. Like we have an orientation coming up and I feel like this summer I have been 
even though it's been crazy busy, you know, more lazy with the planner, like kind of referring to it, but not going off of it. And as the school year starts, even though I have my, my kids going to school two days a week, and honestly, this is the first time we've really done school. Like once fall comes around, it does kind of feel like game time. Like it kind of feels like time to grind, like summer time to chill. You know, if something doesn't get done, doesn't get done. But I think with Ethan going into the office and with me going into school, having that planner is going to be super crucial for my sanity because there's going to be so many nights where I need to like cook ahead. And so something that has been underutilized in my house that I brought back last week is the crock pot. I made um, crock pot chicken spaghetti, super yummy. Um, and I'm going to at least be crock potting once a week because you, can, whenever I crock pot, crock pot recipes like, um, I don't know. I feel like call for a lot. I guess like I'm a small family, like we're a family of four. Um, with babies. So like Mia eats like a half of an adult size plate. Elliot eats probably the same amount as Mia. And then there's me and Ethan who eat like a normal plate. So we end up having a lot of leftovers from the crock pot. And so I'm trying to use that more during the week so that it's just like one less meal to cook, even if it ends up being, you know, lunch one day and dinner another day. Like that eases it up. And honestly, we haven't been doing like normal lunches since we've been home, you know, since forever. Like I haven't done sandwiches in a long time or like things like that. So I've kind of gone back to doing, you know, let's have like a sandwich and soup for lunch. Let's have a salad for lunch. Like let's have like lunch food where before we were just eating like leftovers, I think all summer and then like heating up pizza and things like that, which is fine. But I don't, and I, I don't know why I'm acting like Mia's going to have to eat a sandwich for lunch because she's, she's going to be home for lunchtime so she can have whatever she wants. But it's just interesting how like it's still summer, y'all. Don't think we have a month of summer. Um, so I'll be living it up still. But like as school starts, like the clockwork kind of changes and you get kind of into a new gear and grind. Also, as I get ready for the first day of school, there's some things I need to do to feel normal. Like I need my nails done. I need my hair done. I'm not going to school, but like I've said before, I look like I could be a teenager. Some people think I'm like 18, you know, no, I'm like 28, uh, 29. I don't know how old I am. Um, and so in order, so for the first day of school, so that I'm respected, a lot of times I dress up, I overdress for experiences and places like, when I say overdress, I mean, I put a blazer on with whatever I'm wearing. So it could be like jeans, some cute little shoes, like a good, like a tank top or t-shirt and a blazer because I feel like it brings the outfit together. I love blazers, y'all. But also because I feel like it makes me look more adult <laughs> and people think I'm a kid. So I need to go get my hair done and make sure I look like a grown up on the first day of school. So they know that like, hey, I'm Mia's mom. I'm dropping her off and all of that. And that's just a little bit stressful for me, but it's okay. But um, speaking of back to school, I think that we all have like anxieties and worries. I was talking to another friend um, this past week. She was over with her kids and, um, you know, her concern is her kid making friends. He's different. And so it is very, you know, and even I could tell like, yeah, he's more like nerdier. Um, He's smart. But I could see where you might be concerned. Like he might not fit in with the sports people or I will say when it comes to school, 
as much as clicks are not a thing anymore, and I can only speak from like my experience, clicks do exist, I feel like, but I feel like there's a click for everyone. And maybe not necessarily a click these days, but a group where, you know, your main friends might all cheer if you're a cheerleader. Your main friends might all draw or be in band if you're in band. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not friends with people who like different activities. And so I know a lot of you guys are sending kids, your kids to new schools. A lot of you guys are sending your kids to schools where, you know, they've been home for a year plus. They will figure it out. They'll make friends. It will be an adjustment. But I can speak that, like, I figured it out. I moved to different schools many times in my life. Um, And honestly, it was my favorite thing to do because I got used to it. But I really think... um, yeah, my biggest thing is I'm just praying for health and safety for all our kids and our teachers and for everyone to just use common sense and we will get through the school year. But speaking of the school year, I do feel like there are certain conversations you have to have with your kid before they go to school and um, also kind of teetering on the line of like, when do you have certain conversations with your kids? So like the first conversation is obviously stranger danger something I've been really aware of. And I realize that I'm a helicopter mom. I don't want to be, but I am. But um, little things can kind of like put your kid at risk that you're not aware of. So there's these really cute signs that are like, whoever's first day of preschool, first day of kindergarten, first day of fifth grade, whatever, those chalkboard signs, right? They're cute. I've seen a lot of people say, do not post them. And I would also recommend do not post them. I will for sure like take a picture of it and send it to like my my family, right? Who like are really interested. Her godparents, um, who I trust and like whatever. Because if you put it on social media, you know, everything's public, especially Instagram, unless you have a private account. I think and mine obviously isn't private because I want you guys to be able to like access everything. Um, but like now a predator knows like how old your kid is what school they're going to and if they don't know what school they're going to they know your kid's name how old they are their favorite food is sometimes on there what they want to be is sometimes on there and then also the teacher's name and so it's cute for memory's sake and I've seen these cute um frames that you can buy that have like each it says like 1 through 12 and it has like actually pre-k through 12 and it has like a place for you to put a picture of your kid each year so I did purchase that for Mia and I'll purchase one for Elliot when he gets older. Um, but it's just like being aware of things like that. And even like I think about how I, I think I said on the last episode, I'm buying me a like pottery barn stuff for school. So it's like personalized with her name on it. I decided against putting her name on the back of her backpack. And um, she already I got her a backpack for her birthday. So she doesn't really need one. And I went ahead and got her her custom water bottle with her name on it. Um, and I went ahead and bought two different types of labels and I'm going to put her name on the inside of her backpack and on the inside of her backpack strap where her arms go like on there, because then the teacher can obviously look to see whose it is without people, you know, who are just watching, seeing my kid's name on the back of their backpack. And then someone says, Oh, Hey Mia. Now, obviously in all circumstances, Mia is going to only be getting picked up by me or her dad. So it's not too much of a concern like but I would be more concerned if my kid was taking the bus and um but she's not at that age yet and you know that'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there 
But I did just want to just remind you guys to have the safety conversations with your kids, especially if they're taking the bus and coming home um, and getting off the bus, getting on or off the bus before you're home. Not to scare you because honestly, you know, knowledge is power, awareness is key, and it's it's going to be like if you and your kid have common sense and have the good conversations, they'll be fine, they'll be safe. Most of the time they're with a group. But just be aware of the conversations to have with your kids. And also, I would for sure say if you're not going to be home to let your kid in and they're like younger, like let's say like middle school, ninth grade, like make sure you have a neighbor friend or um, somebody that they can refer to if there's an emergency. I'm sure you know this. I mean, you guys are all good parents. But I would just say like if, you know, God forbid somebody starts following, you know, your child or something and they're aware of it. You want them to have a safe place to go that isn't necessarily home. And I think that that's something not a lot of people think about is that, you know, it's one of the reasons why it's super important for me to be there whenever Mia is getting home from school. But also um, when she gets older, if I can't be there to have somebody reliable, even if she's like, you know, ninth grade, it's perfectly fine to be coming home alone by yourself. Just make sure you have common sense. I was doing it in the eighth grade. I was um, picking my siblings up from the bus stop. I was going to and from school by myself. I was walking to and from school. So, and I had common sense. So um, your kid is fully capable and fully able to do it. Just have the safety conversations. They're uncomfortable and you don't want your kids to like live in fear, but you want them to be aware. For instance, like when I go shopping with the kids, I will say I'm a little bit nervous sometimes to go shopping with the kids. A lot of times I'm not, honestly, I'm just doing my thing. Um, But I just am extra aware when I'm out, you know, at Target or Marshalls or wherever shopping because I know things happen. Luckily, they don't happen, you know, too often in our neighborhood, but they happen more often than you think. And so just have the safety conversation. Make sure your kid knows to lock their door when they get home and all the good stuff. But also, like I say, um, if they have friends that are also at the bus stop, it's like less of a concern, right? Like the pack, well, the pack will be safe. Like the herd will be safe. Uh, just having those safety conversations. And then also, when do you have the conversation of like stranger danger in terms of like predators, right? Like nobody should ever be touching you here or there. Mia is three. And so I don't necessarily want to be like, because her teacher might have to help her go to the bathroom, but I do want to say like, hey, only your teacher, this other teacher and whoever should be doing this as well as obviously us. So that way she's aware of that too. Again, easy. It's like a hard conversation to have as parents because we're thinking about the worst, but we're preparing them to handle any situation. And I honestly believe in having those conversations when it comes to having sleepovers, their first sleepovers and things. There's a lot you don't think about, but safety is so key. And I don't want this episode to be heavy and scary, but I just wanted to remind you to, as school starts and we're excited and we're getting ready, a lot of us are still at home. So that's nice. Um, so some of us have gone back to the office. And so that that's like a different scenario. Whatever the situation, just make sure you're having the safety conversations with your kids. Um, 
And I feel like every kid is different. Every parent, every household is different. Like what you say when, like for instance, me as three, I'm not going to say like a whole bunch of things. Just like, hey, when you go potty, make sure that only certain people are helping you. Like not everyone needs, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, Just for safety reasons, right? Like I can't, if I can't be there, you need to know what's up. Luckily, me as a chatterbox, she will say anything. Um, even if I'd be like, don't tell dad, she'll still tell dad. Um, there's been times where I'm like, don't tell dad, we're going to buy a toy at Target. And she's like, daddy, mommy's ever buying a toy at Target. And I'm like, great. But um, yeah, and like, it just gets interesting about all of that. And so there's school. The other conversations you probably should be having with your kid if you aren't, and this is where I haven't been sure what to do is like, how do you hang out or how do you approach somebody who is different or differently able? I don't know what the right way to say it is. Is I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But for instance, one day we were walking around the track and there was a woman in a wheelchair. I didn't think anything of it, but Mia is like, whoa, what's that? I want one. I want to ride in one. And it's like, yeah, they look really cool, right? Well, she has one because her legs work differently than ours. And so she has to use that that special chair. But isn't that really cool? Like keeping it kind of positive and like helping your kid understand like, no, this isn't for you. Yes, this is something they need. And isn't that cool? It doesn't make them different. It just makes, that's just the way they do it. Because I feel like, I don't know. I'm thinking about all scenarios now. Like what if there's a kid in her class that has this or that? Like all people come with different things and like, how do you address it? And just to remind your kid to be a good person. Um, Mia's really empathetic. She's only three. So I don't think like war is going to be happening in the three-year-old classroom. I don't think we'll have any major incidents with bullies or anything. At least I hope not at three for only half a day. Like how do you even have time? But just getting her prepared for those things but kids people have kids who are older like you guys you might have older kids than um my three-year-old just having them be ready to be a good person and a good friend and to do with what's right is I feel like you know the conversation to have and honestly I'm sure all your kids are good kids um Interestingly, I don't think kids can be bad, but I have seen bad kids on the playground. And honestly, I always think like, hmm, something must be going on at home or hmm, they're not having like some need, like maybe they, some needs not being met. Cause I told you guys before, I saw a full on brawl at the playground, like physical fight at the playground where Elliot was like five months, like he was littler, so I didn't do anything. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't do anything anyway, like, because I was holding him. But if I wasn't holding him, I was going to get in that fight. But then my little self, that big guy that was in the fight was bigger than me. I was going to get knocked out. But I do feel like just acknowledging, I don't know, teachers, you guys are amazing. You do an amazing job. I know how hard it is. Um, I empathize and thank you for the job you do, because I know it's a lot, especially when you're combating so many different you know, everyone's raised different. Everyone's family does things different. Everyone talks about different things. And something that's become important in my house is for my kid to know that it's okay to disagree with somebody. It's okay to be friends, even if you're different. And the reason why I say this, and this is the only time I'm going to say it here, because this isn't the platform for it, is everything in this world, in this country has become overly 
politicized. I do think it's fine for some things to be political. It's the nature of things. That's why you have different parties, right? Because you believe different things. That's okay. What I don't like seeing is people saying like, everyone who is on this side is bad, or everyone who votes for this one is bad, or if you didn't vote for this person, you're bad, or look at what you did. Now, first of all, as I have no control over the actions of my president, neither do you. Same happens for our previous president. I don't have any control over his actions, neither do you. We all vote with whatever we think is best and we go from there. And honestly, blaming other people for things that happen isn't really solving anything. It's not being productive. It's being toxic. And I'm just tired of people being like, oh my gosh, you're the worst person if you get vaccinated. Or, oh my gosh, you're the worst person if you do get vaccinated. When did our medical history have to become each other's business? Now, I have my own opinion on it that I'm not going to get into. But my, at the end of the day, my final opinion is, you know, do what's best for you, your family, and the people around you. Whatever that is, vaccinated or not, keep it moving. If you're not going to be vaccinated, unfortunately, if you're inside in a public place, I definitely urge you to wear a mask. And if you are vaccinated, I urge you to wear a mask. I don't really know what's going on. I'm just going to always wear a mask to be safe. I don't know what. Everything's flip floppy. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to crucify you if you are or are not vaccinated. That's not my job. I'm tired of people in this world, in our country, doing other people's jobs, right? I'm not Jesus, so I'm not going to tell you it's wrong or right to do whatever you're doing. It's not my business. Same with with vaccines and everything. I know everyone is affected, but everything doesn't have to be a personal attack. And I feel like that's what frustrates me is that everyone is personally attacked by someone's decision. It's really probably not about you. So like (laughs) drop it. And so I just want everything to simmer down. I know it probably won't, but at least an hour mom space, we can just be positive and uplifting however you decide to live your life and, um, and keep it moving. Like there is a place and platform to like voice your opinions, but nobody needs to be an asshole. That's all I mean. Just don't be an asshole. And in fact, if you are an asshole, no one's going to listen to you anyway. So just like, sorry for the language, but we got to put it blankly, like put it out there. But I've just seen like in this past week, scrolling through my feed, you guys suck and you guys suck. And honestly, I took a break from social media for like two weeks where I barely text checked my Instagram. I might've posted that the episode was up, but I wasn't doing any hardcore social media campaigning because I was like, oh my gosh, it's like hostile out here. And I think honestly, I just didn't have the desire to get on. I think God was protecting my mental my mental health and sanity because I wasn't on. And I think like when I get on and see so much tension, I get tense and I get like, I'm an empath, like words and feelings and oh, it's all like a lot. So I took a step back. And so if you need to take a step back because you have a headache from Instagram, please do. Um, I'm ready to hop back in. I have like 40 TikToks that have been sent to me that I haven't looked at because I haven't been on TikTok either. I've just been like spaced out. I think Elliot has me not sleeping. So all I want to do is listen to my audio book and sleep. But just it's important in my household that like Ethan and I don't agree on everything. Like we agree on a lot of things, but there's like 
little things here or there we agree on or we have varying levels of passion passionate like passion (laughs) i can't speak various levels of passion for things i don't know if i said that correctly but you get it like i'm really passionate about like what's for dinner and he's not (laughs) so it's like okay why are you so excited about dinner because i love to eat but okay now I'm, i'm rambling moving on Do you ever get sick of being sweet? And what I mean by that is like, typically, I'm a very good wife, right? Like I will tell Ethan when I need help. I will express to him when I'm frustrated. I will let him try to do things on his own. But lately, I don't know if it's the lack of sleep or what, but I have not been sweet. I have been like staring, like, can you get it together 95% of the time? And I think I've gotten fed up with the mental load. We've talked a lot about how there's this mental load. And so if you don't know, let me just break it down to you real quick. The mental load, the woman typically carries in the house. We are the ones, you know, everyone's birth dates. We know everyone's soccer practice schedule. We know the dentist appointments. We know the first day of school. We know what we have in the refrigerator. We know when the milk expires. We know how many eggs are left in the carton. We know how much gas is in the car. We know what we're having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We carry a lot, right? And so what I've been seeing ever since actually a little bit before Elliot was born was like people should be splitting up the the mental load because it's a lot. That includes knowing when the trash needs to go out, knowing when the dishes need to be done. And And so what you're supposed to do in healthy marriage or partnership is to say like, Hey, I, the mental, I'm carrying a lot. Can you do the X, Y, or is like, like they're supposed to just do it. So I'm like, Hey, you're in charge of the trash and the dishes. If the trash gets full, take it out. If the dishes get full, do them. I'm in charge of, and you're in charge of dentist and doctor's appointments. I am in charge of soccer practice, school stuff, and you can kind of divide it up that way. But so many of us women don't trust our spouses to cover those, <laughs> um, those, those things. And so it becomes um, like a little bit compli- like complicated. So like a lot of us will be like, hey, like, for instance, I'll be like, hey, babe, can you call me at school make sure we're all set up? I should only have to say it once, right? But the mental load is I know that he probably hasn't done this. So for the next two weeks, it's going to be on my brain reminding you to do these things. Anyway, so lately, so typically I'm really good at just dealing with whatever. But lately I've been like, I don't know, like kind of like, what would you do if I just stopped working? Like, and I mean, like mentally, physically stop doing the work of being like one of the co-leader of this household because you know like the man's supposed to be the head of the house whatever we're not going to get into the biblicalness of it we could but not right now um with with maybe my grandfather or something on he's a pastor and he he did our marriage counseling so that would be interesting but um I just got shut I just shut off I think it's the lack of sleep I'd be like can you make the kids lunch he's like what do you want to give them I'm like I don't know he's like I don't know and I'm like I don't know go figure out something they can eat. And he's been kind of good at like figuring it out for the most part. Um, I always like add things in and throw things in cause I'm my mother's child and I'm just kind of like on top of the kid stuff. 
but it's made me like not be sweet it's maybe been like hey can you do this like right now like i like i need you to take out the trash now not tomorrow or start the laundry like yesterday for instance on friday i had told ethan hey he was working um doesn't matter i'm always working and um i was like hey can you throw these in the wash it was like towels from the pool because we went to the pool i think on thursday or something like that and so i was like hey can you throw these in the wash also here's some extra things that can go into yada da sunday Sunday, we're going to my aunt's house to go to the pool. Sunday morning, I get up and I'm like, hey, where are the pool towels? He's like, I don't know. Pile's still sitting there by the basement door. And I'm like huffing and puffing, trying to do all these things. And it's like little things where it's like, I don't want to be on top of reminding you for the things I tell you to do. If you're not going to remember, set a timer. If you're not going to remember, write a note. Like, I don't know. I can't be in charge of all these things. But then I was just feeling resentful and frustrated because I feel like, well, now I have to hustle around. And so that's what I mean. Like, I haven't been sweet lately. Like, I've just been, like, frustrated. And usually I'm good at problem solving. Usually I'm good at talking it out. But honestly, when I don't have sleep, I'm a different person. And so I empathize empathize with anyone who struggles with sleep or has sleep issues. Like, luckily, my sleep issues are baby-related. Like, there's sometimes I've been up at night with, like, anxiety, worrying about things. And then I'll be like, oh, I guess I have to give it to God and go to sleep. And then I go to sleep. But I know there's people who seriously struggle. And if you're one of those people, I am so sorry. And I really empathize with you. I really feel bad because I know... Like, if I get an hour nap, if I get, you know, enough sleep, I'm a different person. Like, I'm happy. I'm ready to tackle things. A mess happens, I'll clean it up. If I don't get sleep, a mess happens, I'm staring at it. Like, I can't clean this up. Like, I don't know. Like, my brain short short circuits. So, to live like that has to be excruciating. Um, So, and as we get ready for school, I just need all of us to be, like, on top of our ache. Okay. All right, now I want to get real with you guys about something I've really been struggling with. And I've honestly been struggling with it for a while and have been trying to figure out what I should do. And that is, I've talked about it briefly, I think, on almost every episode, so it's kind of obvious. But I'm really having a hard time with the mommy body and feeling like myself. Um, I think especially in a work-from-home environment where... You know, I had to remind Ethan and even like people that like my friends and family, like, you know, there's a stay at home mom and then there's a working mom. But I am basically a a stay at home working mom. I don't have a nanny. I don't have a babysitter. I don't have help during the week. I could have help during the week um, with my grandma for sure. I, I just have to utilize that more. But on the days where I'm not, and some the reason why I don't always is it does kind of mess up my flow of the day if I have to stop and drive her to my grandmother's house, and that's like an hour there not like by the time I get there and back, it's been an hour, so it kind of like interrupts an hour of my day um but so I haven't been feeling like myself, and I've honestly been at the point where Elliot's gonna be a year in two months, so I've had this baby for you know almost a year. And I do want to start to feel good again. I do want to start to feel. And there are days that I feel good. And then there are days where I feel like there's things that I might not be able to fix about myself after having a baby. Like it would 
for sure require surgery and like I don't and I know moms who have had like tummy tucks and have had the mommy makeover and I just don't want to do that um at all honestly <laughs> um I do I would like a boob job like who wouldn't but um I, I honestly don't want to do that either and I just kind of want to be like real and authentic and all this good stuff right but it does kind of weigh on you when every day you kind of are like oh this is the way I look and um you know you guys know if my hair doesn't look good then I don't feel good so that can be part of it is that I just am due for a trip to the salon and you know after that I'll feel much better but I've really been struggling and then I was as I was struggling Um, my friend had posted this one, this long, like little thing she saw on Facebook and she's a new mom. And it was talking about how this little kid loved their mom's stomach, right? Like it was soft and it was squishy. And like when you went to get a hug that like this kid would like lay on their belly. And then like when they wanted to cuddle, I would lay on your belly. And it was just like part of you. And I loved you and I loved it. Like it was so sweet. Like, yeah, it was soft and it was squishy, but it was you. And then one day the mom got some work done and it was gone. And the kid was like, I mean, you're still beautiful, but I miss that. And so I kind of like, when I saw that, I was literally in tears. Cause I, I don't have abs right now. Like, I don't, I don't like I used to be, and here's where I'm going to be vulnerable. And this might be a trigger warning if anyone's dealing with eating disorders. And I don't know why I'm getting emotional about it a little bit. Like I can feel like the tears in the back of my eyes, but they're not coming out. But I used to like growing up, I never was worried about any part of my body other than uh, my stomach and then my face. And so then obviously when you have a baby, your belly grows like a lot. And then after you have a baby, it's like really squishy and it feels like super weird. Um, like with the uterus and everything, it just feels like super weird until the uterus contracts. And then it's still like kind of like squishy and weird. And I guess until you really work out, it's not perfect. And after Mia, I had gotten to a place where like stomach wise, I was kind of okay. I was getting there. But with Elliot, I honestly think it's ruined. I'm not lying. Like I'm going to do my best, but I feel like it's ruined. And so it's been really hard for me where like my biggest insecurity is magnified. And I honestly am at a place where not every woman, I think every woman likes to feel good and likes to feel beautiful, but I like especially like to do that. What I'm, what am I saying? Everyone likes to feel that way, but I just like really like to feel good. And I'm not sure how to dress now. Like I'm four eleven and a half, curvier than I was same size, like same numeric size, but my body is like laid out a little differently and I have a hard time. I'm in a place where it's like, I, I was just recently like putting clothes together to throw, well, not to throw away, but to give away to the Goodwill. I say throw away because right near my house is one of those boxes where you can drop things off in the Goodwill. And I actually saw the Goodwill truck come and get them. And I was like, Oh cool. The truck actually comes here. I'm going to jump it off. I'm going to drop it off because it's so close to my house instead of going all the way to the Goodwill. Um, and so I was trying to really get organized and get my closet together because I just am tired of feeling out of whack. And so I was doing that and, um, like my maternity outfits, I'm like, oh, I'll never wear this again. I'll never wear that again. If I get pregnant again, I'll deal with it then. Like all these other things. Um, cause I'm not in the season to have another baby. And honestly, if I were, I probably wouldn't even be pregnant the same season. And I wouldn't want to wear the same things. Like, I don't know. So I'm like, let me just give this away to somebody who probably needs it more than I do right now. And so 
and but so then I was going through clothes and I have like a lot of cute things I have a lot of weird things and I was like my husband's very lovely he's very um he's a good husband like he just bought me most of my fall wardrobe I would say like a lot of the main staple pieces I wanted um there's just like some things like I like when I when I shop, I put together outfits. I'm sure everyone does. Like, I won't just be like, look at a top and be like, that's cute. Like, okay, there's the top. What pants are going with it? What kind of accessories? Like, I think about my outfit from from head to foot, head to toe. How's my hair styled? And, um, but anyway, so I've been just in a place where I've been feeling like insecure and I don't know how to dress and I don't know if I want to buy like different clothing and I've been wanting to work out, but I know our schedule's only about to go from busy to busier with pickups and drop-offs. And so trying to find the time every weekend or, you know, to get the workout in has been hard because yeah, I would get up at six and go work out and Elliot wake up at 730 and I have worked out and I've showered. I could do it in my living room, but he's been going through this phase where you know, if I get up, he's up. If I leave the room, he's awake. Like he just knows when I'm gone. And so it's been hard because my husband's not going to get up at 630 in the the morning. And I'm not going to want to work out at 5 p.m. because that means I have to be doing dinner. And what I could start doing is like making dinner, giving it to them and then going to work out. But our night routine, I'm telling you, if we're eating dinner at 530, it is like from 530 to 615, I'm feeding the kids and Elliot's dropping things and I'm cleaning him up and then he's covered in food from dinner because he's a baby. So that I'm changing him and now it's seven o'clock and it's time to get in the bath so that Elliot can go to sleep at eight o'clock and Mia can start to wind down. And so by the time all of that happens, I don't have a chance to work out. And I've been having a hard time because I have said in the past, like your priorities, whatever your goals are, you have to make time for them. So I have like very specific other goals that are aside from like getting a snatched body. (laughs) But also it's like, I'm so, I get so torn between um, loving the person I am now, right? And saying like, you are a hundred percent, you are not less beautiful than you were before having him. If anything, you're more beautiful because of the person you've grown into. But it can be hard to believe and even harder to live out. And then, you know, from at the same time, well, it's good to want to eat healthy. It's good to want to lose weight. It's good to want to be um, in shape. Like if you did this, imagine how good you would feel. And I think that that's the lie I tell myself. And I think a lot of women tell themselves that if I were to lose this amount of pounds, I would feel so good. And the reason why that's a lie is because I've done it many times in my life and I've always had this problem. I think we all have this like negative self-image of ourselves where like, like when I look back at how pretty I was and how skinny I was in college, right? Those are my glory days. At that time, I didn't feel like that. At that time, I was still in the throes of a disorder. Like at that time, I still felt huge. I still didn't feel cute. I still felt like my stomach wasn't flat enough. And it was pretty flat. Like it was, like I was cute. Um, Not to say I'm not cute now. I I think I'm still cute. But you know, now I'm a mom and (laughs) have a mommy body. And so it's hard because it's like, I don't, what I've been telling myself is I don't want to for the next 10 more years, right? I've been doing this for like 10 years or like 15 years feeling this way. I don't want to for the next 10 years be focused on losing a goal, getting in shape, losing a number instead of just like loving my life because you don't know when the last day is. And, you know, I'm breathing in my kids every day. Like I, 
I don't want to spend the next 10 years hating myself or hating where I am. And so, but it is hard when you don't feel your most confident. And sometimes you have to remember that you being one way or the other isn't going to help you um, feel better. Like, yes, if you eat better and you exercise, you will sleep better. You will physically feel better. And you might mentally feel a little bit better because I'll say when I'm doing that, even if I don't see results, I do feel better. And I know that's the same for a lot of people. But I feel like my biggest thing is learning how to dress, learning how I feel um, how, learning how to feel good in what I'm wearing and figuring out how do I look like sophisticated as an adult, but then like, uh, like sophisticated and put together, but still be in functional mom apparel because there's times where like, I want to hop on, on camera and look good and not look like a trash bag. Like I've been wearing, like I looked like a literal trash bag on Friday or no yesterday before we went to the pool. Like my hair was crazy. I was in like these shorts and this like t-shirt and I looked like I would not leave a house like that. And there's days you look like that as a mom, right? There's weeks you look like that where you're just like your hair's in a bun or it's all a mess and you're like in sweat or you're in like biker shorts and an oversized t-shirt, which I think can be cute. You know, if your hair and makeup's done, it could be cute, right? But when your hair is a mess and your makeup's, your face is tired. And so I honestly have been struggling with this this concept of, of like having a good body and like feeling good. And I think that a lot of us feel the most insecure around our families. And unfortunately, that's the case for me as well. I feel like when I meet new people in the world, They've never known a skinnier Britney, so they can never think, oh, wow, she's gained a lot of weight, or oh, wow. And not to say that I've gained, like, a substantial amount. Like, I know people who have gained, like, 60, 70, 80, 100 pounds. Like, I haven't done any of that. I'm just, like, not my high school size. And I think a lot of us always think, like, if I could just get back down to my high school size, one, okay, you're an adult, you're not supposed to be your high school size. And two, I told myself that in college, and I really have gone through a body-positive journey throughout all of my life. Um, well, it was really negative. And then ever since it was negative, like going upwards into a positive place um, and trying to feel good and trying to feel beautiful and not looking at other women and thinking like, oh, but they're so skinny or they're so that. Like, I don't know what their days look like. I don't know what their eating habits look like. I don't know what their schedule looks like. I don't know what their genetics look like. And um, although my genetics are on the smaller side, it's still hard and it's okay for it to be hard some days. And then there's a, it's okay for you to like get it together. So my goal for this next coming weekend is to get myself to a place where I feel put together, hair done, nails done, eyebrows done. Um, when those three things are done, you can't tell me nothing. So that's my goal, but it's so real, especially like, I feel like it's hard with like that article I read was, um, talking about like the belly, You know, then Mia came and laid down and and cuddled up. And I was like, hmm, that's true. Like, this is where my kids cuddle. Elliot cuddles. And it's funny. It's not like the cutest, but it's like their safe space. And if their safe space is, mom, I've had a hard hard day, or mom, I'm tired, and they want to lay there, that's fine. But I still want to get in shape. And I don't know, just having the mom body is hard. And also figuring out, you get to a point like me where I don't fit my maternity clothes anymore. They're way too big. Like I, they all got to go. I was holding on to some of them because I was like, it'd be cute oversized. It's like way oversized at this point because Elliot had me so stretched out. Um, stomach wise, like I was huge. <laughs> um, 
So that's like, get rid of all of that. And now I can fit my old clothes. But then some of them, I'm like, what was I thinking? I don't like this anymore. Right. And so definitely changing up my wardrobe and trying to, and I'm going to do like some mom fashion posts and things coming up. Like I said, there's this one really great thing that I'm bringing to you guys really, really soon. Actually, um, you can be looking at out for it. I want to say within the next week or so, um, obviously I'll be posting about it. That's going to bring you a lot of good resources and fun stuff. Um, but it definitely is a struggle and also to just like, feel like, you know, when you go out, you want to have fun. You don't want to be worried about this or that. And so literally I sat yesterday before I went to the pool and I had to look at mid-sized TikTok because I feel like maybe I'm not mid-sized because I think that you have to be like a 12, 14, 16 or 10, 12, like a 14, 16. I don't know. Like 12, 14, 16 is mid-sized and I'm, you know, I'm not that. I'm like a little more than that. But I feel like my body looks like a mid-sized body. So like I'm watching these queens and they're like look fabulous. And I'm like, bang, I want to look like them. And I see them and I'm like, well, they're rocking it. They look so hot with their bodies. I can look good with mine. So you have to find like little ways to pump yourself up. Even though right now I feel like a dumpster fire. Um, I'll be feeling like bad and bougie by the end of the week. Um, or by the end of the weekend. Oh, guys, it's hard. The the things you're not prepared for in motherhood. And I say, like, when I had Mia, a lot of my negative body image was healed because when I had a daughter and I knew, like, I don't want her to ever see me or hear me say anything negative about my body. I want her to know that there are days where I'm where I don't love the outfit. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this outfit. But I don't want her to ever hear me say, oh, I don't like the way I look or oh, I wish I was skinnier. Um. I want it to always be like, yeah, but that's okay, right? Yeah, I still look good, right? And um, kind of always hype her up. But then also, the the reality is, like, I don't want to be holding on to the mommy body. And I think it's, like, beautiful. It should be celebrated. I still feel cute. And I think part of it is, I know this is Christian podcast. I know this maybe isn't, like, the best thing to say. But you still want to be, if you go out with your girlfriends, you still want to know that you'll get hit on, right? You still want to be desirable, even if, you know, I don't want anyone else. I'm not interested. Like, I would not entertain even for a second. I'd be like, thank you. Here's my friend. I have, like, most, I have, like, a couple single friends. Like, here you go. But you just still want to feel good. And I feel like that's what I'm missing, unfortunately. The other thing that I've been struggling with is realizing that, like, I... Um, I'm in a place that not all my friends are like I have kids and it's great, but I, I do miss going out on a Friday. I do miss hanging out with friends and I, I have mom friends that say, Oh, I, I still go out. There's no problem with it. And not that I think there's a problem. It's just that functionality, it doesn't work with Elliot being a baby baby. I just can't be out all night, Friday night. Um, I've been out till 10 and I think it worked cause I fed him before left around seven. So yeah, he was okay. Um, but I can't be out till two partying it up. And I don't really want those to be my every weekend. But occasionally you just want to be in a place where you're not worried about getting home at a certain time. You are able to be out and have fun. And I know those days are coming. So I'm trying not to be like too upset about it. And like I say to all of you guys all the time, it's like everything has a season and everything has an expiration date. Those baby days that are hard are going to end. It might not be this year. It might not be next year, but it will probably be the year after that. Um, and so, 
yeah, I haven't been able to go out like I want to, but in a couple of years, in literally a year or two, I can be going on vacation for a week and my kids will be fine with their grandmother and I'll get some freedom back. Um, but that means that they're older and they don't need me as much. And I'm going to have a feelings about that. And so motherhood's just this messy, messy journey. Um, and we have to live with things and our husbands don't understand, like, you know, you still look good to me. And it's like, great, but I don't look good to me. And, you know, honestly, when I'm putting on my makeup and my outfit, I don't think that you're going to go, wow, nice outfit. I, I know my girlfriends are going to be like, okay, she cute. And they're going to think, okay, she's cute. I like it. You know, whereas my husband was like, baby, you look really great. Or you look amazing. You look stunning. You're gorgeous. Like, thank you. But the makeup and the outfits are for the friends because they're the ones that notice. So back to the school conversation, um, like I told you guys, Mia's only going to go twice a week to start. I feel good about that decision. Um, she's never really been in school before. And honestly, I selfishly want her home with me those other days of the week. Cause like, she's my baby, right? She's my girl. But also it can be so hard and so scary to send your kid I saw so many people post like, oh my gosh, with the Delta variant and all these things, like, how do you feel about sending your kid? And I really do feel like it would just socially hinder Mia at this point and she needs to be around other kids. And so going to like a relatively, you know, well-known place um, that I feel like has good COVID precautions in place is all I can do. And then ultimately, you know, you're at risk for getting the virus wherever you go, whether it be the park or whether it be the, well, we don't go to the movies or the mall, which is <laughs> a joke, but like wherever you go, whether it be church, like you never know, but I can't live in fear. So my thing is to just to pray and honestly, just keep our kids and our teachers in prayer and you know, God's got them and that's all we can do. Like we can't shelter them forever. That's not to say if there is an outbreak at school, God forbid, or if something happened that I wouldn't pull her out for a time if I needed to. Um, but I think all of our kids are star- are starving for that social interaction and are starving for friends. And at least this way, if like school does get pulled out for some reason, um, if you have older kids, they'll have friends. Maybe they could do school together. Maybe there's, I know, I know like way back I talked about having a quarantine buddy. So somebody who is taking similar precautions as you and your family and you guys are comfortable with your kids meeting and that's it. If it gets to that this winter or this fall, um, that's what it gets to. But I'm also like loading my kids up on vitamins and really good healthy food before going to school um lots of vitamin c um pretty much trying to get your immune system ready to kick some some germs and then hopefully if she gets sick it won't last long or it won't be bad the thing about sickness is like i've been so anxious about you know we've been home for however long there's like the back to school cold and if she gets the cold will elliot get the cold but ultimately um having a cold isn't necessarily a bad thing as annoying as it is it will teach your kid how to handle those germs so i feel like germs are annoying but they're a part of life um not to say that covid should be a part of life it's just a part of life for now 
hopefully it won't be forever. Hopefully it won't be like the flu where it's like around all the time. <sighs> um, but yeah, I know it's scary to send our kids off. We have to think about safety conversations and like, please do not lose your backpack or lunchbox on the school bus. Like, please do not. Um, and all of that. And, you know, I even went as far as to have like a sanitation station right outside my door that has like Clorox and all this other stuff so that when she gets home from school, and I don't know if this is being extra, so let me know if I'm extra or if I'm smart. I need to know. Um, but so I can sanitize her shoes, I can sanitize her backpack, and I can like leave everything outside for a little bit to air out before bringing it into the house to deal with whatever. Um, cause I just feel like you never know who's touched what, who's breathed on what, like, and especially like shoes and, um, like the backpack germs. Cause like sometimes you sit your backpack on the ground and other things. Again, she's only going to half day preschool. So it's not like I'm sanitizing every day. But you can believe if she was in elementary school, I would be sanitizing every day. And would might maybe even have two backpacks. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm extra or smart, y'all. But just safety. As long as you teach your kids to see. And I bought her a ton of sanitizer. I don't know how often she'll be able to sanitize her hands. But, you know, I'm telling her, like, before you eat, make sure you sanitize. And we're kind of, like, doing it at home so she knows that's normal. But I'm sure the school will be on top of that as well. I have lots of questions at orientation. They're going to be like, hmm, this is your first rodeo, isn't it? And I'm going to be like, yeah. But, by the way, I want to be president of the parents so that I can plan all our parent events and all of that. So I'm really excited, though, to, like, plan really cute things for for school with the other parents and to do some stuff. But, yeah, um, definitely having a sanitation station right outside my door like shoes off and we're Lysoling and I know it's not good for the environment because I've been using like natural products up until COVID um and then I was like oh wait a minute we need something just a little bit stronger to wipe out COVID germs so when I clean my house I will use like my natural products daily and then like my COVID cleaning products weekly um, like around the doorknobs and things, but like, there's no reason why COVID is on like my kitchen table, for instance, if all that's ever on my kitchen table is our plates from the house, I don't need to like use my COVID cleaning products on that. I can use my, my more natural ones, but like on our door handles and like, um, mostly our door handles and, you know, a, a once a week wipe down on the counters and things. But I don't know if you guys have had to, like, change your cleaning game since COVID, but I know I have. Hence the housekeeper, who is a blessing. I love her very much. I honestly want to up her to twice a month. She only comes once a month. So she, like, does the deep clean. I do the weekly clean. But I kind of want her to come twice a month. But I don't know if it's in the budget. So I'm going to figure that out. Because I'm trying to save for Disney. And y'all know the rest. <laughs> 